my name is Jonathan from Blavity, and you're now tuned into the Encore Radio Show. The views and comments expressed on the following radio program by his hosts and their guests do not necessarily reflect the views of... Listener discretion is advised. An easy motherfucking E. Order, order, order. Ice Cube, take the motherfucking stand. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth so help your black ass? You goddamn right. But won't you tell everybody what the fuck you gotta say? Fuck the police coming straight from the underground. A young nigga got it bad cause I'm brown. And not the other color so police think they have the authority to kill a minority. Fuck that shit cause I ain't the one for a punk motherfucker. All right, folks. Encore Radio Show live here with your boy Wise. We got Is Jones in the building. Hi. Hi. How you doing? Good. 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 MTA. <sighs> Yo, listen. The LAWR is is the bloody worst. They, oh. over, they overcharge. It smells. It always smells like the Saturday night before. It's just. <laughs> it's just a mess no matter what I do. You so. just described MTA as well. <laughs> you sure? You certainly did. You Rats. Certainly did. Filthy. <laughs> just. Ugh. I saw a rat the other day, and I didn't. Oh my God. I, di- I didn't even jump. I just was like. The first time I saw a rat was in East New York, and I said, "That's that's a metaphor. That's a metaphor right there." Because you know what? Oh, because you, you're from Cal. You're from out west. Yeah, you? I'm from California, so we don't really have our public transportation is a little cleaner, mm-hmm. even though it doesn't cover as much surface area. Mm, so it's true. kind of the trade-off, if you will. No, it's funny because uh, instantly, uh, I like I saw the rat, and I was just like, "All right," I was like, "Okay, we got it." <laughs> I'll just accept it as my fate. I'm like, you know what? You got your area, I got my area, I'm gonna pass you and we can keep it pushing. It's not even right. no, not even a problem. And anyway, we got so is it is it is it Jonathan or John? How you how you wanna go? It's it's Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay, good, because my my dad's name is John. I don't like to say that. <laughs> cool. Anyway, so Jonathan Jackson here, editor in chief of Blavity. Yes. Uh so random. Very random. I do I try to do as much research as possible. And um Alexa.com, do you know that you are actually the third most searched keyword in reference to sending traffic to the site? I, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> I did not know that. You famous. You're like super famous out here now. I, I, I apparently that's crazy. <laughs> I mean, I know. The only person, the only thing you're behind, you're behind literally Blavity and Janelle Martinez. Yeah, that's the, that's the homie. She's, uh, she runs a site called Ian Latina. She was our, f- one of our first interviews ever. So she's a really nice. big following. So. Nice, nice. Well, thank you for coming. Yeah. Of course. Uh, how are you today? I'm good. I'm. I had a, I had a long week, but I'm happy. It's it's Saturday, mm-hmm. and I'm always happy to do Bless things to start my 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 weekend off right. So. All right, all right. That used to be our time. Like, start your start your week off right with the Encore Radio Show. No, I mean I should be kind of still do that. Yeah, we should still do. Yeah, still make that a thing. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, um, your your founder or the co-founder, um, last name is Devon. Yes, Morgan Debon, yep. Good. Okay, so in an interview with um Madame Noir, I always mess mess up. It's Madame Noir, yeah. See, I always mess it up for pronunciation. Yeah. So uh she she stated this and I quote, um, I know I go to an all white school, but I only hang out with black people. We had this term called blavity, which is black plus gravity. How do we all find each other? That's where we got the idea of aggregating and bringing together different perspectives of diversity of black experience into one platform. 
Yeah. Thoughts? <laughs> That's it. I mean, we we all so for context, we all went to school together. So nice. Morgan and the other co-founder, Aaron, mm. me, um, and our CTO at the time, Jeff, mm. all are um, alumni of Washington University in St. Louis. Nice. And that table she's discussing was in the center of our actual lunchroom. So mm-hmm. it's called it's called the Duck, mm-hmm. and it was it's just a large. Um, circular table had about 10, 12 chairs, but anytime someone black was out of class, that table was lit. Like oh, it didn't matter where cool. you were, it didn't matter if you had a class, if you had a breakup, people would go on like mini dates there if you were a freshman. It was just, it <laughs> was a, cute. it was an actual hub. And oh. so what she, what she's talking about, she wanted to translate that into an online destination and a yeah. place where you could be you yeah. and not have to worry about what was going outside of it. So it's sort of like yeah. a bubble in an arc. Mm-hmm. And it, it kept it kept people kind of level in, a, in an environment that really didn't always want you there. Mm, I understand that. Were you guys still were you guys still enrolled, or had you graduated had you graduated at that point when uh, Ferguson happened? We had all we had all graduated. Okay. So I um I'm I'm the youngest out of the, out of the out of the group. So I know a lot of underclassmen that were there in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And so during that time, my phone was pretty much on fire because a lot of them were, were in the street, they were protesting, they were doing that thing. Um, so it was a very uh, visceral experience for me, having gone to school in St. Louis. And a lot of people that I knew are from St. Louis that went to watch you, so it hit them differently. If I could jump into that. Absolutely. Um, Gerald Rivera, I know that he um, had a very, I guess, not embarrassing moment though, but there was a point where he clearly showed that he did not care about black people. I don't know if you saw the clip online where there's a young gentleman who approaches him and says that, you know, you don't care about black people. You weren't here for the Million Dime March. You Mm -hmm, weren't here mm -hmm. when all these things were happening. All you're here is to cover your story. How do you feel about um, things like that when news anchors show that they're only here for black problems but not black people? Yeah, that that I don't I don't like that. First of all, (laughs) full stop. (laughs) That's that's not a good look. Uh, I think it's it's endemic of the system. Right. So if I even think about how media shares things. Black pain is often just put in a easy to engage with format, but it's never actually contextualized. Mm-hmm. So the the rhetoric is like, look at all this death and violence. Black people are like, wait a minute. First of all, this is systemic. And then people are like, but you guys are still having these like, there's so much black on black crime. And people are also like, well, you understand that there's Mothers Against Violence. Mm-hmm. I live in Harlem. There's at least 15 non-violent neighborhood activities in the 10-block radius. Mm-hmm. So these things are going on consistently. But whoever controls the media controls the story. Absolutely. And when you only get one story, then everyone's like, oh, I guess that's what happens in St. Louis. I guess that's how Ferguson gives it up. I guess yeah. I guess mm-hmm. that's just Baltimore. Like, I watch The Wire. I know what's good. And mm-hmm. you only have one input. Yes, that's very true. That's why I get nervous because um, I had some family here not too long ago um, uh, from uh, England slash London. I always get confused. But anyway, I I have uh, family from over there. And, um, you know, they told me that American music, American cinema, everything really uh, is what's dominated over there as well. And I'm like, if you guys, if we're, if people in America are seeing this incorrect message of black people, what about the people that are that live elsewhere? Like they're getting this completely different message. Um, you know, she just mentioned a, a news uh, reporter, and I want to uh, bring up. You had an article about Don Lemon. I could not find it. Like it disappeared. Yeah, it disappeared. I yeah. gotta hear about this article because I have I have thoughts about Don Lemon. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So this so um this this was an article I wrote um. I think it was around either inside my senior year or right after. Mm-hmm. And it was about his comments about black people needing to work harder. 
So to me, to me, Don Lemon exists as yes, but he also exists as sort of a spectacle. Like yes. I don't actually, I don't actually yes. respect the way he engages with anything. Yeah, yes. and especially when it comes to black people, because in that, in that, in that general um, conversation, he was saying we talk about all the systemic stuff, but black people just need to simply work harder and you got to figure it out. And so in that article I said, it's really interesting to talk about the bootstrap theory when you're dealing with people who don't have shoelaces. Mm. So how... Bless you with that quote, though. Say that again. So (laughs) it's very, very interesting to talk about the bootstrap theory, which is the idea that nothing but hard work, determination, and pure American grit Mm -hmm. will allow you to just ascend into the the ranks of the elite and, and change your destiny. And that's really interesting when people don't have shoelaces mm-hmm. or shoes. And so you're having a conversation with a group of people who systemically have been walking barefoot and still achieving. Mm-hmm. And then you have a, a dude who has a platform, millions of viewers, and he consistently over and over and over again antagonizes that sentiment because he's smart. Like he's not a dumb guy. Not that's that's what I, that, that in my opinion, like he's he's intelligent enough to know what he's saying. But he still steers the conversation in a way that's not beneficial. Yeah. I know, yeah. That's the disappointing part. I have my own thoughts about Don Lemon, but I, this 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 isn't about me. This is not about <laughs> me today. It's not about me. Let's talk about let's talk about uh, Blavity's target audience for a second. Mm-hmm. So, um, tagline: the voice of Black millennials. Yes. Um, yeah. Also, the Twitter description: a, a, a startup with a little sophista yep. and a little ratchet for millennials. Right. Content plus tech plus culture. Yes. Is it as bla- is the target audience as blatant as it seems? Yeah, we're 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 talking explicitly to black millennials. So okay. I want I want to give sort of an overview here. Okay. So I like I think numbers help people, right? Mm-hmm. So, one point one trillion, right? Mm-hmm. Combined black buying buying power, mm-hmm. two hundred billion, millennial buying power, mm-hmm. twenty eight billion, black millennial buying power. Mm-hmm. So if you think about a market size and a market audience, mm-hmm. if you're an advertiser right now, you're not talking to us. Yeah. And so we have there are a lot of people that we are intentionally reaching out to because their voice is not heard and so this this sounds a little weird but i think we all contain multitudes right so Mm -hmm. right you read bell hooks but you still enjoy flick of the wrist like there are like there's no (laughs) there's a gradient there like we and but people want you to be one thing all the time because it's easier and so when the idea behind blavity was that we we're not a monolith and so we need to make sure that we're not doing a disservice to ourselves by having only the perspectives we're used to. And so that's why the content you see runs the spectrum mm-hmm. of of the Meek and, and Drake situation, <laughs> yeah. but but also um, the degradation of black women, right? Like you're gonna find all of that. Yes. And that, that's that that's what matters to us. That's interesting because, um, you know, even specifically, specifically talking about black Twitter, like I, I said this the other day, that black Twitter, people, they messed up when they made Twitter. Because black people did not have a, a, a place for us to congregate. Like, you talked about that table at school. Yeah. We didn't have a place to all congregate and discuss things. Um, I mean, even though it's not always intellectual on Twitter. But, you know, we didn't get a chance. We didn't even have that opportunity. Mm-hmm. Now we do. I mean, it's called black Twitter for a reason. Like, <laughs> we now, I mean, we have people, we have um, major, you know, 100-year-old news outlets now specifically covering black Twitter. Twitter. They have black Twitter correspondents yes. now. Is that serious? Right. I mean, but, you know, again, talking about your target audience, I mean, you just talked about um, black millennials. Mm-hmm. 53%, 53% is under the age of 35. Mm-hmm. That is a, ma- I mean, you guys have, you guys can really ride that wave 
and continue on with with the generation after after mm-hmm. millennials. So what do they even call that? Generation Z. I think it's Generation Z. Z. Yeah, it's yeah. Like Z. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so again, we had a, a group in here, uh, NYC Laws, a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and they use this term called SPED, Special Education. They mm. called their generation SPED education. So, well, the SPED generation, right? Mm. Now, on the site, you guys have approximate read times, right? Mm-hmm. So how important was adding that feature knowing your target audience? I think that was that was something that came, you know, through learning, okay. right? And I think it's, so if you think about our audience, right, we have every, we have, People working on their their dissertation. Mm-hmm. We got activists. Mm-hmm. We got nine to fivers. We got people that run business units. Corporate doesn't matter. We got artists. Everyone, right? And so we realize that people want to consume what they want, but they want to know what they're getting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so when you know what you're getting, you know this is a five minute read. You're like, oh, I got this. Fine. Mm-hmm. I can read this on the way to work. I can read this at lunch. I can figure this out. And so I think that time period allows you to engage in a in a more meaningful. Uh, way because if it's only 12 minutes and you're like I'm gonna, I'm gonna get this for 12 minutes yeah. you're gonna read it yeah. and you're gonna have an opinion on it, which is exactly what we want mm-hmm. the worst thing it, for anything is to be apathetic right mm-hmm. Yeah. so that I think that the reading time allows you to engage and then be like I have an opinion on this and I, I don't like it I'm gonna tell you I don't like it great we take that feedback I love mm-hmm. it we take that as well I'm telling you, when I when I say that three minute re, that three minute read time, I'm like yes, because I, I didn't I didn't want to say every ten minutes I have to read this article. I'm gonna tell you right now, but <laughs> I see three, I see one, I even saw seven minutes last, and I read it, and I was like, you know what, that wasn't even that bad. I think I did it in six minutes and thirty seconds. Right. No, no, there we go, there we go. So here's a plug uh, on Instagram at blavity b l a v i t y, a community for creatives, hustlers, and artists. Tag your work with hashtag blavity to be featured. Folks, make oh. sure you can get featured on okay. Blavity's Instagram. Hashtag Blavity again, B-L-A-V-I-T-Y. So, you know, you talked about how you met um, the founders. Um, is Jeff really, is Jeff a part of it now still? Uh, yeah, yeah. Jeff, Jeff's definitely still a part of the team. Um, you know, Jeff, we're, we're all distributed, right? So, mm. I'm, in, I'm in New York. Morgan's in F- SF. Um, Aaron is in uh, LA and Jeff's in Atlanta. So, oh, you know, I think it's, it was, yeah, it was not, he, he was doing his thing. And I think it was a matter of, you know, we are all doing different things and we're creators first. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Jeff's definitely still there and still a part. And his, his you know, his vision and, and the technical things he, he gave us were invaluable. So he's still in the family, man. Absolutely. So, so Morgan, let's go to her. Morgan is like, <laughs> I see Morgan right now. Like, I, I did so much research on her last night. She's a goddess. <laughs> she's a goddess. Um, and I know she's going to hear this. And yes, Morgan, you are a goddess. Because, again, like, I, 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 like, I mean, you know, me and you, we talked uh, outside. Mm-hmm. And um, I told you that I used to work in the tech industry. And there were no African-American women in the tech industry. So were you surprised that she was leading the charge in Silicon Valley at that? No. No, not at all. Morgan Morgan was uh, student body president at WashU. Mm. Morgan Morgan Morgan's built for this. Like I want to yes. be very clear about this. So I've, if you know Morgan, you know she's about her business mm. and you know she's focused. So mm. when Morgan proposed this idea to me, the question wasn't should I or shouldn't I? It's how right? Like how am I going to make this work inside nice. of what I'm doing? And I mean, the reality is the fastest growing population of entrepreneurs are black women, mm-hmm. period, full stop. Yep. You guys are building businesses at a rate no other demographic is. Mm-hmm. So this is the trend, right? Mm-hmm. Like Morgan is a part of the trend and what she's doing is 
important for our team and yeah. so people see that mm -hmm. but also it's important for people who are like i have this idea but i don't know if it's good enough and it is good enough mm -hmm. you have to figure out how you want to build it and what you want to do with it and i think morgan serves that purpose in a very very distinct way and she she does a great a great job fantastic man uh you know I don't want to, I don't, I, I, I try, some, something I try to dwell, try not to dwell on too much because I know the state of where we are in 2015. Uh, my own cousin unfollowed me on Instagram the other day because of, because of my Afrocentric views. So, I mean, I can't even, my own cousin, my own cousin. I but, mean, we found out my followers are Uncle Tom as well. Oh, yeah, that's oh. right. So, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, so, uh, is the investor list as black as the core team? Mm. Interesting question. I think we, I will say this: we are we are open mm -hmm. to 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 different to different um, different opportunities. There, I think for us, it's about the vision. Okay. So it's about if you, if some if if I came to you mm -hmm. with with fifty racks and I was like, hey, I'm really interested in this, mm -hmm. and you were like, great. Here is what is not going to change. Mm -hmm. My co-host is going to be right here. Yeah. My creative element is right here. Mm -hmm. You are not telling me which shows to run. Yeah. For us, that creative control is, is really important. So when we have that conversation or we when we when we do have those conversations, I think that's at the forefront of what we're trying to do and trying to build. And I think knowing who Morgan is and knowing who our team is, that is that that is on the table. That's paramount and that's that's important to know. And I think we are we're focused on that. Because it's it's not when you build something, it's about, you know, what you do with the capital, but it also matters where the capital comes from. So I think we're we're conscious of that and, and we're aware of what that what that what that sentiment can and cannot do. That's funny because the follow-up question I had was, how edgy do you think you can get before you get some pushback from, you know, your your non-black investors that say, hey, wait a minute, like, I feel like you're attacking me. <laughs> I think people know who we are. Okay. And okay. I think we've been clear about that since day one. I think mm -hmm. what makes why I am proud to, to, to wear Blavity gear or even be a part of the because we that are... sure is dope, by the way. Should, yeah, <laughs> shop.blavity.com. Y'all can always, you can get there, get mm -hmm. that there. Um, But the... We've always said we are a platform mm -hmm. and we encompass, we try our best to encompass the views of the diaspora. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so based on that, some people are going to be way left. Some people are, in fact, going to be way right. And some people are going to be in the middle. Mm -hmm. And we welcome that because without that conversation, no one gets better. And that for us, that's why when we bring our content, we say, look who we're reaching, look who's engaging. I learn stuff. Like, I go to Blev and I learn things. Mm -hmm. Like, I learned terms this year. I learned... Um, you know, ways that I might have been speaking that might not have been beneficial to people mm -hmm. in my life. So for me, that's an education experience. And so when you when you build like that, I think people are aware. And sometimes it comes down to numbers too, right? If, if, it, if it wasn't working, then people would just be like, this isn't a good outlet for me. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to go there anymore. So I, I think I think we're, our clarity on that is, is helpful. Fantastic. Fantastic. I don't want to dominate the conversation. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. Oh, okay. Just keep it rolling. Okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so... Uh, let's talk about Blavity Lifestyle and um, the Black Girl Magic line launching next week. Of course. Plug. Of course. I'm, I'm plugging everything. I'm not of playing. Of course. I appreciate you, man. We're going to show the love off rip. So, Blavity Lifestyle. Yes. What's up? What? So, Blavity Lifestyle is the sister brand to Blavity. So, okay. we realized that not only were we building a community of black millennials, but specifically black women were engaging with our content in a specific way. Yeah. And Okay, sure. That's right. Get, get, get right. Um, so we also realized that it's important that they have a space and that we have um, specific things that we do to talk to them mm -hmm. and share with them, right? So Blavity Lifestyle 
is focused on mindfulness, it's focused on healthy eating, it's focused on affirmations, and it's focused on building a community of sister friends and black women that can support and uplift each other, which is a part of what Blavity does, but I think we need to actually focus on that. I think it's extremely important that black women feel affirmed by each other and have a space to engage there. So that's what Blavity Lifestyle is, is focused on doing in a fun and cool way. So you guys also hosted uh, a Millennials Women's Brunch in New Orleans mm-hmm. uh, Independence Weekend, yes. right? So what inspired, I mean, I guess I can you know, answer the question is no, what inspired <laughs> the team to set that up? <laughs> yeah, so the, the Essence the essence, uh, the essence House situation was around what does it look like to bring a physical embodiment of black women in a space where they can be around each other and share mm-hmm. that creative energy? Yeah. And Essence Fest was a great place to do that. And we realized that people also, sometimes it's cost prohibitive to go down there, right? But fly book hotel. So if we're able to offset that and we get the right people in the room and we bring some brands that you guys enjoy or might want to learn about, that becomes an experience that you have and you make 18 and 19 new friends if you didn't know anyone. And you can, that's a weekend you, you, you spend loving yourself. And I think, I think that is super important right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So. Blavity version one was built with busy professionals in mind, focused on videos. Now you guys have a lot of like article content. Mm-hmm. So are we still at version one, yeah. one point one point one two? Where are we at? Yeah, I think I think I think we 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 pivoted right. So when we first started, the, it was an idea. We were like, okay, video content. What does that curating look like? And then we we looked at the data and the numbers, and we said people really want written content. People mm-hmm. want to know thoughts. People want to engage. And videos work, but they want to have a perspective. They yeah. can dig off of or, or riff off of. And so we said, look, we're going to actually change our approach and see if that works. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's a startup where you have to Absolutely. move. You have to, you have to shift and, mm-hmm. um, you know, you have to do the things that are not just moving, but you have to stay true to the vision, but also be aware of what your audience is looking for and what they might not be getting somewhere else that you can provide. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I'd, say we, I'd say we moved on from our, from, our, from our beta, but, you know, it's sort of permanent, right? We're in our, we're in our new phase and yeah. we might be doing something six months from now completely different. But it's the the core tenants of Blavity will always be will always be the same. Fantastic. So, are you guys actively searching for for uh, more young talent? Yeah, I mean, we're always we're always open to contributors. Um, I think we're always open to to new voices. I think one of the things that we actively do every single day is to highlight creators. So our Instagram mm-hmm. is about 70% creators, right? We're looking at artists, we're looking at makers, we're looking at singers, we're looking at clothing designers. And so we're looking to highlight that work to make sure people have a way to find the dope things they're, they're, they want, right? And I think that's, we're always on the search for that, right? We, we, we actively are in the tweets, right? We respond to people, we follow people. Like we're, we're people first, and so I think we're, we're always on the, the hunt for that. And, you know, we, we want to bring the, the best of what we have to the forefront. And that's how I ran into Blavity because they followed me. I was like, oh, what's that? Oh, that's kind of dope, actually. And I <laughs> okay, third, th- plug number three, folks. Again, <laughs> a community for creatives, hustlers, and artists. Again, on Instagram, tag your work with hashtag Blavity, B-L-A-V-I-T-Y, to be featured. Now, you, you know, I'm going to go a little off track a little mm-hmm. bit. I heard you use the word, or use the term full stop twice now. Yeah. You're Trinidadian? Yeah. See, I, I I caught that not because not because I, I heard that, but it's a phrase. I'm from Barbados. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a phrase I hear a lot often. So, uh, how for you first generation? Second. Second. So how is it uh, different? I mean, God. So you're second generation, and you were in St. Louis for uh, 
for, for college. Yeah. You went to basically a primarily all-white school. Mm-hmm. How different was that for you coming from? <laughs> uh, it's interesting. So my, my mom is from um, Port of Spain and, 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 and Lower Santa Cruz in the Valley. Mm-hmm. And my dad is from Mississippi. Oh, wow. And, but, but his mother is from Trinidad. As well. okay. And so, okay. so okay. for me, I, I had an intimate knowledge of both sides of those things. So my, mm-hmm. my grandfather... His parents were, were sharecroppers, right? He, you know, he's from an area in the South where you don't look people in the face, right? And strange fruit was a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom immigrated, so that whole side of the family was was fighting for visas. And, mm-hmm. you know, so my background, when I look at situations, I'm all, I always, I, I think globally, but I also have this very deep personal connection to what it's like to be black here. Yeah. And so I'm not, I'm not yeah. disconnected. But I also have very different inputs mm-hmm. sometimes because history in Trinidad is also um, imperialist. There's also mm-hmm. colonialism, and they're also mm-hmm. Trinidad are, are inherently independent people. Mm-hmm. They're extremely opinionated um, to the point of being sometimes ridiculous. Yeah. But it <laughs> yeah. can, you know, it can, it can go there. And so for me, St. Louis was an interesting city because I, I study history and I, I love I love to learn. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the formation of cities, outcomes are planned. Mm-hmm. These are not random. Like, I wonder how, you know, Baltimore has the joblessness rate for black men than it does. You don't have to wonder. Yeah. That's documented. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, going to WashU and having access to that material and learning that, I think is a value. Mm-hmm. I think the difficult part is when you see that historical analysis have real world application right now and affect environments that you're a part of or you care about. And so I think it's, there's, there's a level of cognitive dissonance where I'm just like, wow, like I don't actually know how to engage, mm-hmm. but um, I definitely can't be apathetic about that, and I'm, I'm not, and I try, to, I try to make sure I'm using my platforms and uh, my ability to engage with people to actually push that conversation the way I think it needs to go. See, that's the crazy part because I'm first generation, and I have yeah. always found it very hard to, outside of New York City, where I ha- and I lived in North Carolina, mm. I lived in Connecticut, I lived in Rhode Island, yep. and, I, and I lived then I lived in Barbados as well. Yeah. So I've always, I've always found it hard to find my place because I don't necessarily connect individually with anyone except first generation from any place. Yep. Yeah, same. You know, yeah. and I'm also from Southern California yeah, too. Okay. Yeah. And so, yeah. and even when I went to live in Barbados uh, for a little while. I wasn't even a part of that either. When I came back, I was just like, damn, like nobody don't want me. I felt like that orphan. It was crazy. It was crazy. Uh, okay, so back to Blavity now. Um, you might get in trouble for this. Okay. But who's your favorite writer? <sighs> y'all get y'all give me y'all give me whack. Oh my god. Uh, I, so I, I cannot give you favorite writer. I okay. can give you I can give you some of my favorite pieces. Okay, perfect, okay. perfect. Um so a few of those. So, uh, recently, we have a writer named Victoria who wrote an, a piece on why um, Hillary's campaign slogan is a problem. Mm-hmm. So, when she first came out, it was I think it was Hillary like Run 2016 or something mm-hmm. along those lines. She wrote an incredible piece about how that is actually not okay and what that actually means like to black voters and especially black males, like how Hillary has typically engaged with us. Mm-hmm. Thought it was very nuanced. Very well done, very engaging. Um, we had um, a writer named Amani who shared an open letter mm-hmm. she wrote to um, 
part of her Jewish family. Mm -hmm. um, she's black and Jewish, and that was really, really interesting because she was she talked about reconciling, you know, what it means to be black here mm -hmm. and how that identity that identity is also um, intertwined with um, traditionally Jewish history and how mm -hmm. that side of her family cannot be silent while there's black degradation and state-mandated violence and mm -hmm. I felt like that connection I wouldn't even think about yeah and so yeah, that to me yeah. is like that's that's very deep um, and then to keep it on a lighter tip uh, she actually also wrote a post on I think it was like the like 17 uh, chicken and waffle spots that are just blow your mind and it was just I was I was at work like dying I was like I, I need never, this I've never had chicken and waffles Girl, I am I am West Indian. It is so very I'm hard. Nigerian, so it is very hard for me to mix breakfast and dinner at the same time. Syrup by my by Listen, my chicken. I know. I, don't... I know. On the outside, you might be skeptical, but I'm telling you, you get your life. <laughs> it's, it's, it's special, if it, especially if it's good yeah. chicken waffles. It's special, Listen. my dude. Okay, I got. I got. You know what? When you next time you go to Cali, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna hop on. I'm gonna hop on a plane with you, and we're gonna, we're gonna try this. True. We're gonna, we're gonna try this. We're gonna try this. Yeah, you know, have you ever, uh, I, you know, our producer, he was tweeting last night talking about chopped cheese. I've never had that either. Oh, that's interesting. Have you had it? No, I don't no know one? I've never, never had that. Okay, it's a big Harlem thing. We're gonna, we gonna, we, we gotta, we gotta try that. Cause okay. I've, okay. I've never tried it either. Okay. I'm not even big on dairy either, so be, mm -hmm. I don't know how it's gonna work out. But okay. mm. anyway, uh, so let's, let's play a little game. I, I want to call it Rapid Fire. Yep. I'm gonna read you a title of an article that you wrote. Okay. And I want you to briefly tell me where your head was at when you wrote it. Totally. Okay, so why grown-ups still need to play? I was feeling like my creative juices were like sapped, okay. and I needed I needed to to explicate on why as an adult now it's important that I still build Legos and mm -hmm. I still draw and I still sketch. Mm -hmm. I need to do that. I'm just starting to draw. I'm yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, so uh, why I moved 3,200 miles away from home for my first job? That was I was super homesick, mm -hmm. and that was I wanted to write about where I'm from okay. and I wanted to make sure I did it in the vehicle of where I work. So I, I work at LinkedIn as well and mm -hmm. I, I wanted, I'm a reflection, when I show up somewhere I'm a reflection of um, who's invested in me and the, and the village that mm -hmm. raised me. I'm serious about that. Yes. So I have five aunts I have and they love me to death and mm -hmm. so when I anywhere I go I need to make sure people understand what I'm a product of mm -hmm. and that was why I wrote that. Fantastic. Okay. Um, beat the first year Entrepreneur Blues. Yeah, that was, that was a, um, a clip I have for for 99U and that was I was trying to think about when I if I was building my own thing like what would I need to know mm -hmm. so I, I always try to write about things that either scare me um, I don't know that much about mm -hmm. or that inspire me so that was one of the things I didn't know about so I had to go find that information because I felt like it was it was necessary mm -hmm. okay uh, lessons from working with moguls that was just a, a, a piece I had actually saw Paul C. Brunson list out when he had actually worked for Oprah and two other um, two other moguls, and I thought they were just necessary. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter who you're if you're working for yourself or someone else; those are gems. And I was like, you cannot ignore some of these actual skill sets that that people have. Okay, the five stages you'll go through when you land a new job, from yay to oh no. Yeah, that was a, that was a more recent one. So I, I recently switched jobs internally, and I was super scared it was more responsible I've ever had I had people looking at me to do certain things I didn't know about mm -hmm. and I was I was like I gotta write I gotta write my way through this yeah and I yeah so I, I tried to figure that okay next we're gonna be a little more heavy mm -hmm. so uh, domain errors when the code won't stash 
Yeah. So that was uh that was written because the that was the day after the the first verdict had actually okay. come out. Okay. And I had to go to work and the night before I I hadn't seen my brother all night because he he, he works downtown but he also went to um, a march on 14th Street. So I didn't know where he was mm. and I had turned on the TV and I had seen one of a professor I knew at, at Wash U in front of the courthouse when it did, when it was when it was announced. Yeah. Mm. And I, you know, going to work the 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 level of dissonance I was engaging with. I couldn't I couldn't really speak. I couldn't look at coworkers like I was not in a good space and I knew I wasn't the only one. And so I needed I needed I needed to speak on that. That's how I felt when I watched uh, when I watched the Trayvon Martin trial. Oh my god, work. I came home crying. I remember holding my brother like, please, Jesus, don't, because he just learned to drive by that point. Mm. I'm like, man, yeah. I swear to God, if anything comes for him, I just mm, mm, mm. okay. Uh, Twenty one things black men don't hear often enough. Oh, I read this one. Oh, it was so good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank oh you. Yeah, I, that was so. We had done in March. Um, our our homie our homie Tabia wrote one for um for for black women, which mm-hmm. was awesome. And that was also a really, really difficult week. I can't remember which which case it was, but our community was just heavy, mm-hmm. and it was it, we were going through it. And there was just a lot of a lot of triggering things on Twitter, a lot of videos that were just hurting. And I had a conversation with Morgan, and I was like, I need to write something. And she was like, Yes, you do. And I needed to write the things that I hadn't heard enough of. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'll give you guys, I'll give you full stop. I was in my bedroom, and like I, I had been like crying for like 40 45 minutes like alone mm-hmm. in my spot because i was like i don't know when this is gonna stop like mm-hmm. when am i gonna feel like i don't need people to validate that i matter mm-hmm. but i really do need to be in spaces where i am cared for yeah. yeah and i think a lot of us as men don't necessarily have that yeah and society has this opinion of how you should express your emotion mm-hmm. and i don't really care about that yeah. so that that's where that piece came from. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna drop this in the the next one. Now, but it's gonna be a much more elaborate mm-hmm. uh, explanation. So let's go to a break. Okay, that's the Uncle Radio Show live here with Jonathan from Blackity. Uh, we'll be right back. Would you like to sponsor the Uncle Radio Show? Email us at radio at encoreradioshow.com. Check out the Indie Report with DJ Nine AM only on the Indie Creative Network. Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes Podcast. Just search Indie Creative Network. Coming up next on the Encore Radio Show. On a personal note, why I don't bring myself to work was about the compounding issues I was feeling around my life outside of work. Vegan mm-hmm. New York, right? Stop and frisk. The reason I don't um, really do public transportation mm-hmm. after 11 why I always have my wallet on me, even in the gym, mm. you know, things like that. And then I also thought about when you're at work and you are in environments where everyone else sometimes seems free, happy-go-lucky, they're talking about their weekends, what is it about my weekend or what I do that I don't feel comfortable sharing? And we're back, folks. It's the Uncle Radio Show live here. Uh, it's your boy Wise. we got I.S. Jones in the building. We're still, here with, we're still here with Jonathan from Blavity. Uh, it's so it's so crazy to like flip from what we just talked about to the intro, but yeah. you know, it's business. Anyway, so uh, you wrote an article. Why I don't bring my whole self to work? <laughs> so yes, <laughs> please, please, please elaborate. We're gonna have to have conversation. Please elaborate <laughs> on this because I think a lot of I think <clears> about <throat> I think a lot of black men and women and just people of color in general go through this a lot. Yeah. Yes. 
Yeah, so I I wrote that article contextually. I, I work in the tech industry and it's been in the news a lot for its dramatic lack of melanin in mm-hmm. general, mm-hmm. especially in places of leadership. Yes. So um, that's an ongoing conversation. There, there are efforts at a variety of, of institutions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So on a personal note, why I don't bring my whole self to work was about the compounding issues I was feeling around my life outside of work. Mm-hmm. Being in New York, right? Stop and frisk. The reason I don't um, really do public transportation mm-hmm. after 11, why I always have my wallet on me, even in the gym, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. And then I also thought about when you're at work and you are in environments where everyone else sometimes seems free, happy-go-lucky, they're talking about their weekends. What is it about my weekend or what I do that I don't feel comfortable sharing? Yeah. Yeah. Is it like what part of it is on me? And then I'm like, okay, if I admit that I am maybe a little nervous or I'm a little introverted, what else is there at play here? Yeah. What else in the environment? So I, I think it's, I've seen, I've seen a lot in my, my last couple of years, but there's a lot of talk about, you know, where we find talent, mm-hmm. how talent gets evaluated, mm-hmm. what, what top talent looks like. And there's a lot, for me, there's a lot of coded language there. And it's very, very dismissive. And I think I know, I know nothing but talented black people. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll do this by ethnicity because that's, that's what I can speak to. Mm-hmm. And for the way often that it's evaluated, the, the bars for it somehow are always realigned to match what the environment needs, mm-hmm. right? So there's somehow always this, this pipeline problem, right? Mm-hmm. There's just a tragic lack of black engineers which is funny because when I look in my phone or I could text Morgan, I, we could give you 10 to 15 off rip with this. Mm-hmm. Not, I don't see a personal shortage. Yeah. So I'm, and, and I think the issue sometimes is, you know, where are we looking for them? How are we engaging with students on campuses? Mm-hmm. How, how do you, how do you, how do you present your opportunities the same way you always have when you're dealing with a different populace? Mm-hmm. It's sort of, it's sort of the blavity equation, right? It's still like, how do you reach people if you've always done the same thing? Expect them to just say yes. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 I have. There we go. I had to sigh because when I go to work, you know, my friends talk about their. Well, excuse me. My coworkers talk about their. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I have to. I have to separate that. My coworkers talk about their their weekend. They talk about things that they did. They say, oh, did you like my picture on Instagram? Oh, did you see my post on Facebook? And I'm like, I don't have any. I have my two, my two ride or die, right hand, left hand, black friends, co-workers as well, mm-hmm. on my Facebook and Instagram. And we have a nice little group chat and we talk, we pop all our shit in our, in our group chat, right? But when we're in the office, I feel like I have to play as if, I have to play the stereotype of I'm not the black guy that you think I am. When I probably am, just I am ex- maybe I am exactly that black guy that you think I am. Oh, you have to be the white person approved. Yeah, like, person. you know, like, I, I mean I have, so, you know, you may look at me and say okay, well, you know what, he has locks, he must smoke weed. Hell yes, I smoke weed, but you don't gotta know that, you don't know that in my office. And don't you dare assume that I smoke weed just because I have locks. You know, oh, well, you know what, he black, so he's from the hood. Yes, I was born in the hood, but you don't gotta know that neither. You can just know that, I, you know what, 
I lived in Canarsie for a very long time, and I and my family owned a, a condo that they still do, and we lived there, and that's all you gotta know. You don't have to know that I grew up in East New York or that I lived in Flatbush for a very long time. You don't gotta know that. You don't gotta know that I moved down south and lived in the hood there too. You know, so I, I always, I feel like I always have to put on this front that yes, I am, I am elite enough to be with you guys, when sometimes like maybe you know this is just who I am, and I feel like I'm still elite because mm. I got where I am, and I didn't have anybody to give me out behind. Yeah, I, I think I think that's the the transition, and it's it's hard, right? Because if you if you're in an environment that isn't necessarily conducive to your growth, whether that be professionally or otherwise, mm-hmm. we go and find those environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Or we go and make them. Yeah, yeah. So I think Chuck Chuck D I think said the most revolutionary thing you can do is start your own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And to I go think, off that, yeah. um, I'm a graduate student right now um, in Long Island, and there's a very... Hey. I couldn't do it. I couldn't <laughs> do it. <laughs> there is um, there's a severe lack of diversity um, in our program. So what I had to do, I had to seek out Kaveh Khan, and I had to seek out Voices of Our Nation, mm-hmm. Bona. I had to find my little pockets mm-hmm. of where I could find people of color writers. Even when I went to the chair and I explained to them, I wish we had more diverse literature we were studying, he, he, he just met me with a blank expression, like, why are you bothering me with this? And it's just, and it is though, and it's a problem though. Even at the graduate level, I still have to fight for other people to have voices in terms of literature and in terms of what we study. Yeah. You know, one of my one of my best friends, um, I call him my bro, and I don't use that that term too often at all. His name is um, Sean, but many people know him as DJ Mega, right? Hey, he, yeah, and Omega, maybe with you. He, that man is the epitome of black excellence. Like, I look up to him, and he looks at me like I'm crazy. I'm like, no, Mega, no. I look up to you. He's one of the members of the, Stri- of the Strivers Row now. Well, yeah. not the member, but his collective is, like, a his part co- Yeah, because yeah. he, he, they are super, super dope. You know, I don't even know how I got there, but shout out to you, Mega. Like, I had, to, <laughs> I had to find a way to plug you in here as well, too. Make sure you guys follow him at By Far Mega. Anyway, um, so let's talk about Blavity After Dark. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. yeah. Let's get to, let's get to it. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Dark. So, you know, uh, there's a, you know, I, I, the one thing I really like about Blavity is that it doesn't just, it's not just a focus on some of the tougher things that we need to talk about, or isn't just focused on, um, okay, well, you know what, we need to have this discussion or that discussion, mm-hmm. or here's how we, like again, like again, you said you're not, uh, I think you use the word monolithic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys, you can have, you can handle a lot of things. You, we can juggle. We mm-hmm. can juggle. Right, so blabbery after that. <laughs> uh, uh, who came up with the idea, and um, you know, who does that? Like, who who actually yeah. focuses on the social media for that? Yes, yeah, so we have we have a uh, we have a couple people um, that do it. I'll keep I'll keep I'll keep their anonymity there so they can mm-hmm. continue to flourish nice, nice. doing their blabbery <laughs> after like that thing. But that was a that was a team um, kind of a team thing we noticed, right? That like. Mm-hmm. There are cycles in the Black Twitter day, mm-hmm. right? And so usually, uh, the East Coast, right? Around like 10, 11, things just go, you know what I'm saying? I won't call it left, but they just turn, right? It's, it's like that point in the party where they haven't played commas yet, but it's approaching there. And the minute yeah. that rings off, you're that like, it's up. over. <laughs> and so, after dark, usually it starts hitting with maybe a couple memes, right? Mm-hmm. Or somebody's getting flamed. And then other people just hop in, and the mentions <laughs> become a, a, a sea mm-hmm. of, of, of just side eyes and just general disregard for it's that person's feeling. Just shit, yeah. Palm right. trees all out in the middle, like just people oh. just letting it fly, oh. right? You had a long week, and you're like, I'm gonna get in these mentions though. <laughs> and you know, I think I think it's I think it's 
it's really it's really engaging. And so we decided we had a community and we're like, we should be commenting on yeah, this. Absolutely. We should be asking asking questions, right? Yeah. We should yeah. be I think I think it was during when Empire was on, right? Yeah. We would we would recap, right? Yeah. Oh Larry my After gosh. Dark was just like yes. what's really good with Cookie's outfits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? When Cookie yeah. whipped the shit out of Boo Boo Kitty. Yeah. I was like, yes, we're bitch. Yeah, we're out here, yeah. Oh right, in the mix for that. Yeah, yeah, Such yeah. a glorious right? ass like, whooping. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're that, we're essentially on Twitter, that friend that's Millie rocking with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you're at the party and we're, we're like right there. And so I think, I think Life After Dark is, is that. And I think it encompasses, you know, I think we, a couple days ago we did like a, we did like a, we take a picture and we're like, what is this, what is this, what is this, what does this look like? And people mm-hmm. respond, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think somebody responded with like a, there's a dude who had, it, he had the handout yeah, yeah, and they yeah. were like, if you say that one more time, the people were giving the captions, right? So it's 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 fun community stuff that I think anyone can get in on. Oh, you know what? I think I commented on that one. You probably did. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, I wish I remember what I said. But I've, been, I've been tweeting so much, I can never, I, I can never find that. I stay on Twitter. You know, I what's funny is that I used to be on Twitter so much. Like I, this is my second Twitter, no, my third Twitter account. Um, IG. Yeah, uh, you know, I started a Twitter account, and then I realized that I'm going into the corporate America, and I was like, oh, I gotta change, gotta change some stuff, so I deleted the first one. Then um, I went to my second Twitter account, and uh, with my second Twitter account, um, I kind of went in. I'm not going front. I went from like ten thousand, like ten thousand tweets to like 60,000 tweets <laughs> in less than like eight months. Like I was, I was in Twitter jail all the time. Twitter jail? Yes, wow. I was in Twitter jail all the time. Now I'm not in Twitter jail as much because I started my new account. I only have like 11, like 11,000 uh, tweets or whatnot. But mm-hmm. I'm picking it back up again because I, fi- I feel like from 2000, cause I mean this is 2011 when I got my second one. Um, this third one now, um, I got it in like 2013 slash 14. I felt like it wasn't a play. Like it was Twitter got very commercialized at that point. Uh, a lot of sponsors. It was just this and that and the third. And I, I wasn't really about that life no more. But now again, I think that Twitter, uh, Black Twitter specifically, has a place because it, it allows us to have one collective, or at least appear to have one collective mindset, and that appearance is important enough. Black Twitter is all over the place. It is, many times, it's all over the place, mm-hmm. right? But because they have to name it Black Twitter and we get correspondence that follow that, some of the bigger issues get discussed on a national scale, sometimes even on a global scale, and that's what we need. So I'm on, I'm on Twitter now, and I, 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 I engage in the, in, the, in the commentary and whatnot. I think that uh, sometimes, you know, Getting your ass flamed on Twitter, it just it's it's good for you. It's good for you. It builds it builds up that yeah. that chest hair, right. you know, for the for the guys and some of the girls who got chest hair too. Like it builds up everything. <laughs> it builds up everything because you know you, like I had I had I had really sat back and thought about it for a second. I was like, yo, I haven't got my ass cut on Twitter in public in a very long time, yeah. and you get very confident. But then one day when somebody really like lights their ass on fire, you're like, oh shit, like, I want to de- I want to deactivate my account like, right now. Like, it's funny though because someone ugh. tried to come for me on Twitter the other day because like someone, some man had made some really inappropriate comment like, if you get a girl pregnant and she gets an abortion, you're allowed to beat her ass. What? And I said, what you're not gonna do today, sis, is try me. Mm. So I hopped in his mentions and said, you don't even care. You just want like you just want an excuse to beat some woman's ass because you want control over things. Yeah. And like 20 people liked that tweet. Ooh. I was not I was not here for it. Those are those. 
those are the times. I had a tweet, um, actually, and this is kind of going into the whole geopolitical world now. Mm -hmm. um, but I had a tweet. I'm slightly. I'm gonna start looking for it really quickly. But it was it was referencing. Um, it was referencing America today. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, a lot of the time, like, you'll listen to, uh, like, Fox or whatnot, and they'll say, oh, we want the good old America back. Like, we miss America. Is it yet? First off, what the hell does that mean? No. Right? But secondly, you know, oh, here we go. I wrote, this was to D-Ray, um, to DeRay. Shout out to him. Hey, he is fantastic. Kim, Sean King, man. Anyway. Um, the whole grassroots movement. Yeah, definitely. Conservatives hate everything about today's America. Maybe you guys are un-American ones. Have you ever thought about that? So, again, I'm, I'm going to ask you, Jonathan, um, conservatives in America, um, I think... Before you even answer the question. Yeah, you know, I, I, I tr you know, one thing my mother always told me was, you know, uh, try to net, try, don't, publicly at least, don't discuss um, politics or religion, Same. right? But now I feel like I'm kicking all those doors and like, I don't give a shit. Right, I feel like there's this discussion that we need to have, just like we need to have a conversation about race. But anyway, mm -hmm. um, you know, conservatives in America, we look at Donald Trump. He is now leading the Republican Party for the nomination, mm -hmm. right? And he is saying some very wild, off the wall shit. He called okay? on Mexican immigrants rapists. So, yep, you said that. and he's leading. He's leading. So, does is that does that show how polarized America is right now in terms of like? We have some Democrats who are just looking to, well, I mean, in my opinion, I'm a Democrat, in my opinion, pushing America forward, and then conservatives who are just like, you know, we like where we at right now, and we don't want none of you people, none of you POCs, people of color, for those who don't know what that is, we don't want any of you POCs to fuck shit up, so let's go. I think it's, I think it's interesting, right? I think there, so I say political science in school, and I always think about elections in terms of demographics of people voting, and then mm -hmm. also, like, the rhetoric that to mm -hmm. me is the most interesting like i'm a, yeah. I'm, a stu I'm a student of like the written words so i yeah. love i love to actually read speeches and just figure out what that what they're trying to do mm -hmm. in the case of donald trump i think he taps into people's their their thoughts about what they'd want to say but mm -hmm. don't feel like they could mm -hmm. and i think there there's something there's something exciting about the sensationalism mm -hmm. of being like you know what i'm out here yeah i have i have snapbacks that say bring america back like I'm releasing an album and I'm going <laughs> to for real just say however I feel about this. Like I'm going to tell you exactly what it is. We don't like that. We don't need you. And I'm going to do it on my own. Yeah. And I think there's something oddly in my, in my opinion, sexy to some people about that. Mm -hmm. And some people like that. He has no frills. I think mm -hmm. if you separate it from politics, I think people just like that. He gets on camera and says whatever he feels like. Yeah. 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 And I, I can respect that yeah. to a certain yeah. extent. I think, I think because we're in an election cycle though, there's a hoopla around. He's just out here wilding. Yes. Like in some respects, Republican Party doesn't necessarily want him leading. They don't. Like they're they looking don't. for like where's Jeb? They're embarrassed. Where's Ted? You know what I'm saying? Because they, they they want the Mexican vote. They want the black vote because they know in what less than five years or something we're gonna become the majority. Mm -hmm. They then, have until 2040 to get this right. Mm -hmm. they, they and they know for damn sure that they, they can never win an election again without us. Nope. They sure can't. They sure cannot. But yeah, Trump's approval writing is, is, is looking like a, a really good fiscal year. It's up and to the right. Like it's just <laughs> over here. So you got to, you know, I, th I think there's something to be said for how it's going to play out when um, these debates start and how that, how that looks like when you have a, another swath of, of, of Republican candidates who 
are actually more turned down mm -hmm. and who are like, I want to talk about policy mm -hmm. or I actually vehemently disagree with Trump here because yeah. you at some point you have to say, I'm not here. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm actually not there. Like, this is not the Republican like, Party. That yeah, this is not what we want. And if you think about politics, like, you have to, you have to reassess. The parties always go through a reassessment period where they're mm -hmm. like, who do we want to be? And is that, oh, are we okay with who we were? Yeah. And what, what does that look like now? So I, I do think, yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's crazy. Like, these these blurbs. Side question, though. Um, between Hillary Clinton and uh, Donald Trump, who do you think is, um, who do you think uh, presents themselves um, better in terms of speech and why? Speech? I think, I think, right now, I think Hillary. I think, her, I think the team she's assembled mm -hmm. is pretty unmatched. If you look at who she's bringing in yeah. and how she's engaging, on every social platform, mm. I've never seen anything like this, right? I've never seen a political candidate utilize Snapchat. Yeah. And and be and be cool and, and and Hillary knows how she's perceived, so she's out here Snapchatting like her outfits. She's like, I'm a pantsuit aficionado. <laughs> she, no, she says that like personally. She's like, I, I wear pantsuits a lot. I know you guys comment on it, but I'm out here. Yeah. What? Yeah. And so I think she's I'm she's found she's found a way to to sort of capture that. I think it'll be interesting when people start asking a lot of those heavier questions mm. yeah. and how, how you can, because you can't pivot it and you have to, people are going to pull your record and that your yeah. card will get pulled and then it's, it's a matter of are you at a point where you can say, I haven't always been the advocate that I should have been. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I'm okay admitting that. But in, a, in, in politics, you can't necessarily show your face cards too early. Yeah. And yeah. so it's, yeah. it's a game, yeah. right? And to me, I'm, I, I, I'm, I enjoy watching the game unfold mm -hmm. to the extent, to the extent mm -hmm. that, that it, is, it is engaging. Um, there's a social aspect there but yeah I think if I had to give it to someone it would, it would probably be Hillary for how she's using the networks that we engage on mm -hmm. her team's using the gram on, they're in the comments on Facebook mm -hmm. right um, so I think there's a lot of interesting ways she knows you can't reach people in the same way Obama did in 08 mm -hmm. it's very it's a different game yeah right? yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what are you familiar with Bernie Sanders I am. There are Bernie Sanders stands, and it's so excessive. I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. Um, in, 2000, in 2007, I was like, well, it's early, very early 2007. I was like, Hillary 2008. And then Barack Obama came. Then this, young, was like, this young black man just came sure. out of nowhere and said, yeah. oh, this is mine, actually. Bye. Yeah, and I was just like, mm, get him. Right? I feel like Bernie Sanders might do the same exact thing to Hillary Clinton, literally. And I don't want it to happen. But, <laughs> but I don't want. I don't. Time. Yeah, I, I don't want to be that guy to say, "Well, I only voted her because she's a woman." I don't want to be that guy because I wasn't that guy to say, "I only voted for Barack because he's a black man," right? But the same. But I think Bernie Sanders. I mean, I've seen a lot. I mean, I follow again. Like I said, I follow a lot of very Afrocentric, very pro-black people. And they're talking about Bernie Sanders way more than they're talking about Hillary yeah. Clinton. So I'm, I am waiting for the debates from for both parties to see who falls out and who embarrasses themselves. I I'm personally excited about Black Twitter's commentary mm -hmm. on these debates. Like I personally am thinking about maybe having like a watch party or something mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just really engaging because yeah. I think it's gonna be nuts. So like mm -hmm. if you're actually paying attention. Because you're gonna, because this is one of the times where I think, for me, right, I don't, I don't have full recollection of that many election cycles. Mm -hmm. Like my, my yeah, grandmother, yeah, my yeah. grandmother's seen eight sitting presidents. Mm -hmm. My parents have seen a lot, right? This for me is my, it's my prime time. Like I'm mm -hmm. gonna get to see where we're going. Yeah. And so this election cycle, 
is extremely interesting, not just for the past eight years we've had, but also in terms of how much policy is going to play a factor mm -hmm. and how much at every single debate, I don't think you're going to get through one without having a question about either policing mm -hmm. in some form, um, um, education, yeah. right? Pipelining, how that works in cities and jobs, yeah. which are all directly correlated to how black people are accessing and engaging with the American political system. So I think there's never going to be a debate where we're not relevant. Mm -hmm. And I think yeah. even if, if people who feel disenfranchised and don't vote or don't do that, you're going to get talked about. Yeah. And so it's of it's of in your best interest to know in some respects how you're being categorized mm -hmm. because you can move off that and it's going to be interesting to see who has the best picture and who understands as close as possible your experience and and who what type of person you would cast your your hat to or your ticket to. You know what I want to see in twenty in early twenty sixteen? I want to see Blavity. By the, by the, by that time at point by that time we should have narrowed it down to maybe like maybe like four or five altogether um, presidential candidates, right? Mm -hmm. I want to see Blavity have a debate, <laughs> right, yeah. with those five <clears throat> candidates and ask questions that Black Twitter or the collective black Americans would like to know mm -hmm. what do you how, how do you feel about policing how do you feel about stopping fricks what did when you watched Walter Scott the Walter Scott video or when you watched the Sam DuBose video how did you how did it make you feel that right there yeah I'm, I'm, I'm there I'm there for that Blavity 2016 what's up yeah. <laughs> let's figure it out man we got we got milestones to make but let's figure it out definitely we'll do, definitely Anyway, uh, what we're gonna do is we ha we wanted to have a discussion about uh, Meek Drake. Nikki, you want to be a oh, part of that? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Well, did yeah. You we watch? Did you did you um see um the metabolites today? Apparently, the rumor is that Nikki finally broke up with Meek after all this. Oh, fuck that's what chill, I said. I, I was like, chill. They broke bitch. up. Oh, bitch. <laughs> I was hysterical. No, I don't, what? I was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, because I was up? I don't know if you want to listen to the read. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they had in their last podcast it said how. How long do you think it's gonna be before Nikki finally says I can't do this no more? They called it, and they what happened? And what happened today? Nikki apparently supposedly got though. Like that? It's not confirmed yet, but it's looking like she definitely broke up with him. And I'm just like this poor nigga. Oh, man, he's been through some class. things. All because he opened his black ass. Mouth. Yeah, he should have just kept it shut, man. Like nobody asked you for this feud, sis. Why did you do this to yourself? There's no need, yo. Oh my god. That one, I, like we don't, I, we, don't, we don't need the cam. We don't need the camera for that. We don't need the camera. That's so deep. Oh my god, it was just so Ooh. funny. Like, son, you Ooh. you really picked the wrong white skin nigga to fuck with. I, I just, I just, you really did. He really Why? did though, because Drake has been through so much. He got his ass whooped by Diddy. <laughs> like, this poor nigga, he got his ass whooped by Chris Brown. He just, this poor nigga Drake though has just been through so much. He just could not take one more L. Nope, he could not. He could not take another L. So nah, he had he to make. Do it. He had to make me an example. He said, "Oh no." Would you like to sponsor the Encore Radio Show? Email us at radio at EncoreRadioShow.com. Check out the Indie Report with DJ 9AM only on the Indie Creative Network. Check us out on SoundCloud and iTunes Podcasts. Just search Indie Creative Network. It's the Encore Radio Show, folks.
Wise, Ice Jones. We got Jonathan here from Blavity. Yeah. Jonathan looks like he's floored. He's just like, oh shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard. I have not heard. I have not heard these angles yet yeah. in oh, this conversation. Okay. I've just been in the tweets. So yeah. this is uh, this is pretty enlightening. I, you know, I think that. I think if Black Twitter had a reality TV show, that'd be wild. It would be the wildest, most watched thing of all time. I mean, let's not like 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 let's let's not let's not have it you know be a weekly series. Let's have mm. it be like a once a year type thing, like the Super Bowl. We would have <laughs> like three hundred oh million people tuned in. It was like, what the fuck is going on in, in the Black Twitter world? Could you imagine Black Twitter commercials? Oh my lord! People just be pulling fried chicken out their boots and shit, just eating it. I'd be like, oh my god, y'all are crazy. Oh, I'm sick. Oh, I would well. look for it though. I'm real Definitely, out. absolutely. <laughs> I think that. I, I think that. Being black, being black. I mean, and for a while, actually, we didn't even get into this, but mm-hmm. for a while, actually, um, the term black, the term African American, like I, like I don't identify as African American. I do, because of course, naturally, I'm, I'm Nigerian of heritage. So. Yeah, I, yeah, well, yeah, see, that yeah. makes sense. So it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I know, see, I, I am, I'm Bayesian American, mm-hmm. um, but in the retrospect, like, the whole ethnicity thing, is, it's, that's a whole another longer conversation. I mean, but yeah. I, I don't, so I don't really know necessarily where and or how I'm supposed to react to certain things, mm-hmm. but uh, I, mm. I'm, I'm excited for, I'm excited for uh, where we are going as people. Mm-hmm. I'm nervous, cause I have said, and I keep, I'm gonna keep saying this, the next four and a half years, 2020, will truly define where not just this country, but the globe goes in reference to the African diaspora and how we are treated, how we are looked at, and how we are respected. I mean, we even, shout out to the stash, we went to their second anniversary event. thank you. Yeah, that was my birthday, actually. Shout out to the stash for kind of unintentionally making my birthday so awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And we met, um, we met this girl from Italy. Yeah. She was black. And she explained to, she explained to us that there are no black police officers. There are no black lawyers. Not even a black bus driver in Italy. And I was just like, what? I know, being the ignorant American that I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I assumed that America was the worst in terms of racism, but come to find out. I mean, like, yeah, there are some parts in um, Africa where people are just killed. Even, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Even Dominicans are de- deporting their own people over skin color, over racial cleansing. So while America does have a lot of problems, though, it honestly could be worse. I don't even know if we should even get into the whole Dominican Republic Haiti thing. I, I don't is. even I don't even think we have enough time to, to dive into that. It's just too much. I, yeah. I was still when I saw it, I was in disbelief that this is not really happening. You are not throwing out your own people over some melanin though. What is wrong with you people? Listen, that's not even mm. moving on. Let's continue. You know, let's, yeah. let's continue to what we were doing. Yeah, the crazy thing is, right, is that I had stopped I had stopped because mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't want to dabble in this after we had such a good conversation about black about um uh blavity after dark right yeah. but i feel like we need to do i feel like we need to dive into just a little bit before mm-hmm. we before we end so let's have a roundtable discussion about black lives in 2015. Mm-hmm. so jonathan i'll start with you first um in a, in a couple words like see if you could if you could explain what your life is right now in 2015 and how you live it and what you expect from it. I 
think about my life in two ways. So okay. what I give and the community I'm a part of. So for me right now, it's difficult to do the things that I know I need to do on a daily, but also have inputs where there's a consistent disregard for my general humanity. So I have to choose where I put my energy daily because I'm because I think sometimes yeah. I know a lot of world changes people that, that do a lot of different things and if we don't if I don't take care of myself I'm actually of no use like I yeah. can't not yeah. do that and I think with all of the other things people are focused on that always comes under and it needs to come first so mm-hmm. I'm actively working on actually like prioritizing myself before I do any of the other things that I know are necessary of me. So that doesn't mean if that means engaging with people I care about, if that means um, doing work for other things that I spend time doing. If I'm not right and I'm not good, I can't afford to ignore that. And I think for me, black lives consistently will always matter, Mm -hmm. but my state of being and my state of mind is equally as important. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes like, this was just, um, minority Mental Health Week that month actually, oh. and so there's an actual like focus I on that. that. And I think yeah, a lot of people don't. That's and yeah, it, I think like a lot of this has been traumatic for people. Like yeah. the video, like that, that's like a lot, man. I like, remember um, I don't know the name of the uh, of the gentleman of the, the man who was killed, and the last thing that one of the police officers said to him was "fuck your breath." I remember I was it was I was at the end of my spring break, and I was Tulsa, Oklahoma, I believe. Yeah, it was the the cop. Um, it was the it was the uh, the guy. He basically he funded. He helped funding. He helped fund the police department. So they allowed him to train and be like a community police officer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's 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 where that comes from. I remember sitting inside a Pandora, not Pandora, a Panera Bread um, place, uh, getting breakfast, and I remember seeing that on my timeline, and I just watched it. I was almost in tears because I was just kind of like, how could you say to a human, "Fuck your breath," though. Like, he just blatantly said, I don't care about you, you don't matter. And then he died. That was the last thing this man heard before yeah. he died. And it just... Mm. Black, lives, Black Lives Matter, that term is so important because this country constantly reminds us that you are disposable. Yeah. You are easily replaceable. So for people to try to negate it by saying all lives matter, you it's, it's an erasure. And you must understand that it is a form of erasing, telling us that we're just, we're just clumped in with everything else. We're not, we're, not, we're not a factor in terms of the world. Yeah. Um, I'll say this, uh, two things. One, I think that we're at a point where black people are starting to get comfortable with who they are. They're starting to find themselves in America. And they're like, you know what? I'm black and you're going to fucking love it or you're not. Oh, well. Um, The other way I look at it is this. I used to play basketball a lot. And um, sometimes, like, I would, like, I would be very lazy on the court. When I was when we were losing or whatever, I was like, no, fuck, like, I don't even want to play no more. And my best friend, um, shout out to James, that's in Boston, he would tell me, look, yo, it's like playing four on five right now. I need you to get in the fucking game. And you know, to kind of come off the point of what John was making, I feel like if I don't use the talent that I have, no matter what scale or weight you want to put to it, if I don't use the talent I have, it's like we're playing four on five mm-hmm. every single day. Mm-hmm. And we literally are playing like four on five every single day anyway. So I don't want to continue. I don't want to continually add 
to that um, disadvantage, so I put my voice out there as much as I can, however I can, yeah. just to support my people. Yeah, like to go off what John said about taking care of yourself and kind of also being more vocal. Um, I know that with my own poetry, I always try to talk. I remember I wrote a poem about um, one of my white friends said the N word, and I had to, I had to, I had to say something about it because while you are my friend, you can't, you can't just speak out of turn like that, bro. It's just not cool. And also this kind of like the bravery about being like, this is why y'all are fucked up for saying this because you know that word is, is painful for black people. Um, and it's also important sometimes I have to take a step back from social media. I have mm -hmm. to be like, I can't, mm -hmm. I can't with him, I can't with Sandra Bland right now, I can't with um, Rachel McBride, I can't with how many black people who look like me have been killed for literally nothing. Sometimes you have to just take a step back and say, I can't do this right now. Yeah. I'll pick up the fight tomorrow, but yep. today I have to take care of myself. Okay, so uh, last thoughts. Um, there was no way, there was no way we could have this conversation and not bring up Rachel Dozel. So please, <laughs> so please, Jonathan, please tell me how you how you felt about Rachel um, when you found when you originally found <laughs> out, and then after her quote unquote explanation. Um, this is gonna sound ridiculous, so let me make a caveat here. I have. A couple aunties and they own they own a hair salon mm -hmm. um i love them and I, I spent a lot of time there so I, I like i learned a lot about black hair care if push comes to shove i could mess around and do a sewing that's not something i say a lot of hey. but listen no it's not like yeah. i know I, I braid my daughter's yeah, hair every yeah, week and so, i don't play that shit. yeah, Yo, yeah. you gotta you gotta you, you gotta have skills out here man Thank so, you. um <laughs> in any in any in any event i wanted to know how long her hairdresser was in her scalp and was like like, I just, like, I, I was just curious. Like, I was like, wh at what point did she come in to get, like, any of the 18 hairstyles? Because she had, Stella had her groove back. She had, she had Erica Badu. She no. had DeBrat. Like, she went through the whole, like, it looked like, you know those pictures where you can get, like, one or 30 and you just ask for the number and they're like, we got you? She had all those joints. Like, all the pictures. And I was like... Did no one ever just ask, like... Did you not notice that her hair was not a 4C type? Like, what's good? Yeah, like, and she was just asking for the Remy, and you were like, here. Like, wait, I don't... I, I was just trying to figure it out. Um, on a serious note, though, I, I think that brought a lot of people... <laughs> I made a lot of people have some interesting conversations about the difference between what race is and what race isn't. Because mm -hmm. there are these conversations where people were like, it's the same thing as you know, like, gender expression. People were just lumping stuff in, and they were like, scientifically, you gotta be, like, no, clear about what we're talking about. Like, mm -hmm. she said she was this. Mm -hmm. She wasn't this. If you were doing the work, and historically, if you're looking at the NOACP, like, white people have found that. So exactly. it's, not about, it's not about her not being white. It's about if you were perpetrating for this long and people believed it, what does that look like? And what does that mean for the people that actually identified because you were a part of yeah. their shared ethnicity and I think that's that's a trust thing so for me I was like this is super wild yeah because you were you were doing this for a long time and it became normal and everybody the whole everybody rocked with you mm -hmm. panels nationally like she was speaking all the time yeah. was her explanation enough for you <clears throat> I I couldn't I couldn't really engage with it I per, on a personal opinion I think she, if, if, if we're talking about how she felt about growing up and why and, and what those inputs are, okay. You know, I don't, I don't like, I, I need to talk to more people who have that background in that science to think like, okay, what does that look like if mm -hmm. you're in that type of like family environment mm -hmm. and then you, and then you pivot? Like, is that, is that a real, 
um, cognitive response. But the way it was positioned, I, I I wasn't really I wasn't really here for it. And I think I'm not with the amount of with the cost of it already being black, mm -hmm. the idea that like you can just sort of hop in and hop out. Like I'm gonna be unmistakably this way for the rest of my existence. So there's really no conversation about like if I'm gonna be trans anything but my actual ethnicity, mm -hmm. in my in my personal opinion. Like I don't know what being trans white would look like. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. Would I, I get to go first in line? Like would I? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, like do I get to buy? Do I? Do I get my mortgage not readjusted? Like how does that? What does that look like? So Do you even get a mortgage because I got a story. Yeah. But going back to what I said about my father being an Uncle Tom, we had a we had an argument about it, and he said that, well, she did a lot of good things for black people, so people just need to forgive her and let it go. And if she wants to be black, I don't see what the problem is. And I said, you don't understand. She's. I'm not trying to deny that Rachel Dizelle did not do good things for black people, though, but the fact that she took away, she simultaneously took away opportunities from black women, specifically. Okay? And also, I just feel as though she blatantly lied for ten years, and she also sued her school. Though exactly. when Howard, when Howard found out though that she was that she lied about her ethnicity, they took her scholarship away, and then she sued the school for um, I don't know exactly though. Some money, yeah, and lost. Yeah, <laughs> and lost. Um, yeah, I. Rachel, 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 Rachel. And also, I feel like there's a lot of parallels between her pretending to be black and what the Kardashians do every day. Yeah. Perpetrating black features, but not actually engaging fully in... Engaging fully in that, like, you'll never know what it's like to have someone fetishize you for being black. You'll never know what it's like to have someone assume that you're going to walk into a store and rob the place for being black. I had to leave a Sephora store one day because like this one of the people who worked there kept following me around the store, mm -hmm. assuming that I was going to rob the place. You'll never know the... Sephora? Yeah. You'll never know what it's like to walk into a job interview and know that there's a chance you might not get hired because of your skin color, even if you are overqualified for mm -hmm. the job. So it's like, you got to take all the good things about being black, though, but you don't have to deal with the suffering of it as well. And I just personally am not here for it. Fuck you, Rachel Dozo. Boom, I love... Oh. I love Aya Jones. <laughs> all right, folks. So that's the end of the Encore Radio Show. We want to thank Jonathan from Blavity uh, for coming through. Man, this was an amazing experience. Um, just, getting that, just, getting, just getting a chance to talk to you, learning about Blavity, um, and just getting a chance to chop it up about black lives and, mm -hmm. and where we are. Uh, so thank you for coming. Thank y'all for having me, man. It's a great way to start a start a weekend. I appreciate Absolutely. it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Start your week off right. I'm mm. good radio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, and we out. This is an Indie Creative Network production, executively produced by Copa Static and Dominia Media.